Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Zone Blitz. As always, I'm Vince Miller, joined by my co-host, Ashton Overholt. And today is unofficially National Signing Day. Um, it's the beginning of the early signing period in December, which has basically replaced National Signing Day, which happens in February. So, yeah, there's still some uncommitted guys out there, but for the most part, every most of the country has signed their commits to their national letters of intent. So... Yeah, I mean it's pretty pretty newsworthy day. A lot going on today. Um, what were your initial reactions? Oh, there is there is a lot. I will say <laughs> something that is underrated, something that we haven't talked about enough, is how Texas A and M might sign the best class ever. Like, yeah, Texas A and M is loaded, and no one even really cares. <laughs> They're like the third or fourth story on a day like today. Like, I think yeah. we probably probably have to just lead with with. Um, with the big flip from Florida state, right? Like we just have to talk yes. the number one player in the nation. I just, Hey, I, Deion Sanders. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to say. What do you, what do you really say to that? I, you can, everyone's saying, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of money was involved there. Um, the bag got dropped there. You know, rumors, barstool sports was involved, right? Dave Portnoy and those guys were involved in like in, yeah. in possibly getting this money up to lure him away, but nothing's really been confirmed. We don't know. But probably, I mean, that probably happened, but that's crazy. Like that's crazy. They're an FCS school. They're an yeah. FCS school. What's yeah, he going to do? For those who don't know what we're talking about, Travis Hunter, the number one player in the country, and he's listed as a cornerback. I have heard people say he would be the number one receiver in the country as well if he was yeah. wanting to play receiver, which I guess I wouldn't be surprised if he did both. Right. But he has been committed to Florida State for a while. Almost two years, yeah. Yeah, today he flipped to Jackson State University, which is an FCS school. Yeah. Um, I, I quickly looked at the Sagarin rank, ratings, which ranks all of the teams in FBS and FCS together. So all of Division One, which is, uh, I'm trying to remember, 300 teams almost or something. <laughs> Two, 258, 258 teams. All right. Jackson State is number 164. So the 164th best team in the country just signed the best player in the country. Yeah. Travis Hunter, um, completely unprecedented. Yeah. I think it's fair to speculate that, yeah, definitely seven, seven figures involved here. Um, there's (laughs) some money here. Um, Sure. sure. Now, and Jackson state is of course coached by Deion Sanders. Um, Probably the best cornerback of all time. So, I mean, mm-hmm. he, Travis Hunter is a cornerback. I'm sure that didn't hurt. Um, but yeah, just interesting to see this happen. It, it's it's unprecedented and shocked the nation, really. Right. I, the I think. Okay, so it it definitely picked up some momentum, like mid morning this morning. So he, he committed right at like at like noon, noon Eastern is when he committed, and and there was definitely some steam picking up to where a lot of people knew. But there is an epic, there was an epic like chat or just a chat room. There was actually like a reaction video. The Florida State twenty four seven guys were doing like a reaction video, like so like all the recruiting analysts were there watching, 
and it was pure comedy. Like these guys were just in shambles. Like they were just coming apart. And yeah, I that <laughs> it was really fun. I actually really enjoyed watching it. Maybe a little too much, but I I don't I don't know. Yeah, I don't. How do you get beat for? How do you get? I don't know how you get beat by that. Even if there is money, how it's the number one player in the in the nation. How do you not? put up more money like because that's because that, that's what it's that's what it became today right like you you can now buy players like you can Pretty officially much. you can now officially buy players and florida state has more money than jackson state like how do you like maybe the dion the dion like selling point of like come play for the best corner of all time and like i'm gonna teach you how to do it like i mean okay kind of like i, I understand that a little bit but like he's not gonna be playing against good competition he's right. not going to he's gonna be playing against much inferior competition. How 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 does that happen? How does that happen? Well, you said Florida State has more money than Jackson State. That's immaterial here. I think this is outside sourced. I mean, you mentioned Barstool Sports. I, I think there's a an endorsement deal with them. I, and technically, it's not supposed to be contingent on him signing with a specific school. But it <laughs> that's, is, though. That's it absolutely is. happening. Like, that yes. is absolutely a thing. Um, yeah, I'll... Both Texas schools, the Texas schools are going to finish one and five. Yeah. Texas is going to sign the number five class in the country yeah. after a losing season. Like yeah. they are, they are the ones that are benefiting the most from it's NIL true. as of right now, at least. Um, while, yeah, we talked about the sum last episode. Like I yeah. do think there will be some, there, there will be a point where maybe people will think a little more, think twice a little bit more about doling it out to everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, if you, okay. So I, I broke this down before we started this pod. The top four schools right now in the rankings are Texas A&M, Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State. Yeah. Of the top hundred players in the country. Yeah. <laughs> 47 of them are committed to these four schools. Yeah. And we have a lot of uncommitted players yet in the top 100. So it's going to go, it yeah. might hit 55, 60% of the top 100 players in the country are going to four schools. Yeah. That is insane. Now, it's not going to last. Two years from now, some of these guys are going to transfer. True. And so I think maybe maybe the classes will stay the same as far as NIL goes, but I do think we are going to see a lot. We're, we're going to see more transfers. Now that, now that you can transfer one time freely without having to sit out, Like I, I do think that is going to happen a lot um, in, in these next few years especially. Uh, okay, I agree, but this year, like, I think it's going to change. Like, I think I think a lot of coaches are in scramble mode now, trying to catch up to this. And what I don't understand is, like, how did you not know this was coming? Like, if you're Florida State, I understand there's outside money involved. Like, I understand, like, you know, you had possibly possibly like Pen Pen Gaming, but which, by the way, like, you could, if you bought Pen Gaming stock, which I did, right, right when he committed, the stock like went. Yeah, it shot right through the roof, made me a little bit of money. Anyway, um, the like, how does Florida State not have some companies that are going to like Florida State has a like a, a proud fan base? Mm-hmm. How do you not have some guys that are willing to step up and 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 pay? Like, you can say it's advertising, call it whatever you want. You can call it advertising, call it sponsorship. I don't care what you call it, but pay him. Like, pay him what he's what he's worth, really. Cause he is worth that. Like he, the number one overall player in the nation is probably worth that. He's going to make yeah. your program money probably. Yep. 
Like, so, like, so, so do it, pay him. Cause there's, there's no limits on this now. Like, it's not like you can, like, there's a contract, like we have to max out at a certain number and everyone's number is the same. There's, it's not, it's not, you can pay him whatever you want and whatever you can afford. And if you're Florida state, you should have been able to afford more and that's your fault. Yeah. It is interesting because I, it does, it does feel like there were some, some programs that are huge winners today yes. and some that are really yeah. huge losers. Right. And I wonder how much of that of course has to do with NIL and, money and so like i'm curious to see what boosters around the country will do in over the next year like right a year from now i think it's gonna be interesting to see like do the florida states of the world like do these schools step up with like do their boosters like start writing big checks right Um, and does it does it level it out a little bit more because right now it seemed like some of these some of these schools as boosters have jumped like head first into this and they it's given them the early advantage when it comes to recruiting in, in current situations. And so I'm curious to see if if it sort of levels off in the future, if other if more schools have boosters that said, hey, like I actually want my school to have a top five class too. <laughs> right. Texas A&M, by the way, and we're going to talk about Jackson State and all that, but Texas A&M was the real winner here. Like they were oh, eight and yeah. four this year. Texas A&M is eight and four, might sign the best class ever. That's yes. because they're paying these guys, they're paying them. Yeah, like they're calling it NIL, like you they call it whatever you want, but you gotta pay them. You do. And and they did. Like credit credit to them, credit to Jimbo Fisher for jumping all over this and being the I mean, one of the first ones there. Like we can talk about winners and losers on signing day in a bit, but Texas AM has to be as big of a winner as there can possibly be. Like they got everybody. Like Texas yeah. AM is a huge class for them. It's gonna make them a contender for years to come. We were already talking about like their potential class last episode. Yeah. Then they went and like, they flipped the number one tight end in the country Yeah. from yeah. LSU. Right. Um, whose brother is Max Johnson, by the way, the LSU quarterback who is in the transfer portal. So Correct. wouldn't be yeah. shocked if he went to A&M. Yeah. Should we go through their, the top classes and kind of look at them? Yeah. Let's do it. I do think like, obviously you're a Georgia fan. I'm sure you're a little more familiar with Georgia classes Georgia's class than most other schools. I'm, I'm a little more familiar with Notre Dame's class than most other schools. Sure. Like, I, we, I know we have listeners who, who care about Georgia and Notre Dame, so we can go through those classes as well. Just focus on the Georgia, of course, one of those that is still technically in the running for the number one class. They are. Yep. I think A&M is pretty clear. They've locked it going. up. Yeah. yeah. They've locked like, it up. So let's I will, sorry, go ahead. Let me, the, the top three classes, I just want to preface all of this with saying the top three classes – is Texas A&M, Alabama, then Georgia. And then there's a fairly significant drop-off after that, as far as if you're into like the, the overall, like the, the points, the yeah. point scale, um, and, and your overall like averages and, and, and everything even. So there's it, it's A&M, then Bama, then Georgia, and then a drop-off, fairly significant drop-off. Those three are all pretty tight. Then a drop, then you see Ohio State, Texas, Penn State, kind of, yeah, like your second echelon of teams. But yeah, so going winners and losers, I just real quick, the sure. winner overall is Jackson State. Has to be like that's crazy. Like that's unprecedented. The number one overall player. I mean, the the kid just won a state championship, like not by himself, but almost by himself. Like they had a stacked team for sure, but like a Georgia state title. In I think they were six A, six A or seven A, which is one of the highest divisions of high school football that you can get. He's coming off an injury and comes back and just balls a week ago. That was a week ago and won a state title, and and you flipped him over. Florida State, but not just Florida State. Like, I mean, everyone wanted him. Like, he, yeah. he could have went literally anywhere 
and you got him. Like that makes you a winner. You are a winner. Yes. I I will say the, you mentioned A&M, Bama and Georgia kind of having the top three classes there. Mm -hmm. Ohio state is, is a little notch below their average recruit ranking is, is in line with those other three. It is. They just, they have fewer commits. So that's, that's kind of what has them down. And then you have a pretty big drop off. I would say after Ohio State, when you when you look at rec- average ranking, um, right down to like Texas, Penn State, Texas, yeah. Penn State, Notre Dame are kind of that next tier. Um, yeah, and we'll get we'll get into that. But let's talk about this A and M class. So it's okay. it's not finalized. Um, yeah, there. I think I think I saw that. Um, I'm sorry, I forgot the top linebacker in the country. His name. Um, the number five player in the country, Harold Perkins. Uh-huh. Harold yes. Perkins is the number one linebacker in the country. I think he's set to commit in two days. And AM is the overwhelming favorite. But if, if we look, if we look right. at their class, I'm seeing right now. Okay, I, I want to make sure I get this right because some of these some of these classes still have players that are committed but not signed. The only player like that in AM's class is Evan Stewart, the number two receiver in the country. Right. The number six player overall, he right. is still committed, unsigned at this point. Correct. Um, Correct. Yeah. Assuming they hold on to him, that would be four or five stars. And let me see here. You have to also include Harold Perkins then too, right? Are you including him there too? I am not including him. Like this is so, only guys that are committed. Gotcha. Um, right. 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 So if if we. Do you want to look at what's already happened, or do you want to talk about what could happen? <laughs> no, I mean for, for now, let's just let's just go with. I mean, I'm okay with throwing in things that like we're we're pretty certain of. Like, sure. Like like he's like he is committed. Like he's I mean, fairly yeah. It's he's fairly much in the bag. Which by the way, so is Perkins though too. Like I mean, it's almost certainty that he'll end up at A and M currently. Yeah. Like like that's that's certainly the 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 lean right now, but. I think something that the the guy in this class that we're not talking about is the quarterback, the five star quarterback, uh, yes. Connor Wigman. Like, that's that's a really big get at a, I mean, at a huge position. Like, like yes. there's only a couple of those guys anyway. And you go get a top a top twenty overall player um, right now that he's the the number two quarterback according to twenty four seven. And like, yeah, to keep him to keep him there, he's a Texas kid, and you kept him. That's massive. Like, I think that's really big. Um, and, and maybe someone that he kind of maybe gets overlooked a little bit because of, of the five stars that are ahead of him. Right. Like mm-hmm. there wasn't much, maybe not as much, um, like it wasn't controversial. Like he's been there for a while. Like we've kind of like, we've accepted that. Right. He was, he was not a, a dramatic, um, like piece of their class. He, he just, he was there and, yeah. and yeah. And, and signed today. So yeah, that's, Hey, really, yeah, really cool. I want to say like, just for the Jimbo stuff, like I don't understand where this puts him. I I don't know how to grade him really because, like they were eight and four this year, and like I thought they had a really talented team. I th- I thought they had a really talented team, and you lost four games, and yeah, and you're going and adding more talent. Like like that's great. That that is great. Like I don't want to rain on their parade at all. But like I don't know how to judge him. Like I don't know how how do you judge yeah. Fisher after seeing this? This is an incredible class. It's like it's going to be unbelievable with the with, yeah with the potential that they have. Like, but then you have this year and like because they had an unbelievable, unbelievably talented roster this year. Like I what gives? With, yeah, I think with just the sheer level of talent, 
Like they are going to be good. Like they may not yeah. be like if if he's if he's still not if he if he's not doing a great job as a coach, they might not win titles. Right. But with the level of talent, like it's just raising the floor so significantly. Like it is. They're going to out talent everyone except Alabama and Georgia, essentially. Yeah. Well, right. let's go. one of the things I like to do when I when I judge a class is look at each position and see like okay did they did they fill each position because obviously if you if you have three highly ranked quarterbacks like that makes your overall class look good but really those three guys can't play together or whatever that's a weird example because no one ever signs three highly ranked quarterbacks but you right. you know what I'm saying as far as right yeah are there holes in, in their class if we look at AM, I'll just go through at quarterback, we mentioned that they have a five-star, the number two quarterback in the country. Yep. Running back, they have the number six running back in the country, a top 100 player. Receiver, we mentioned they have the number two receiver committed. He's not signed yet, expected to sign. They also have the number seven receiver in the country and an additional four-star receiver. At tight end, we mentioned they flipped the number one tight end in the country. They also have... The number four tight end, yeah, and the number ten tight end, yeah. So they have three, t- <laughs> three top ten tight ends. If we look at offensive line, and excuse me while I go through all this, um, they were unable to flip Kenta Goodwin from Kentucky. Um, right. <laughs> that was a big one. Uh, Kentucky was afraid of losing him. I, get, I think for a while now they were able to hold on to him. Today he signed, right. big get for them. But if we look at A and M. They got a the number nine offensive tackle in the country, number eighty player in the country overall. PJ Williams, yeah, yes, and then one more. Cam Cam Dewberry is the number three interior offensive lineman in the country. So two top one hundred players at offensive line, and one additional four star. So nothing insanely deep, but you have some good talent there for sure to work with. If we look at the defensive line, this is where it gets good. Yeah. Walter Nolan is the number one defensive lineman in the country. Signed him. They're in the running still for Shamar Stewart, who is the number three defensive lineman in the country. They signed Gabriel Brownlow Dindy, the number four defensive lineman in the country. They signed Anthony Lucas, the number seven defensive lineman in the country. They signed Malik Silla, the number 10 defensive lineman in the country. So, that's at least three of the top 10 defensive linemen in the country. Potentially they could get four. Yeah. Yeah. Um, linebacker. We already mentioned Harold Perkins, the number one linebacker in the country, most likely going to go there. Right. I don't know that they have, Oh, I skipped edge. <laughs> Sorry. Um, as yeah. I scroll and, through and, here. And Iowa White just committed to him, right? Like just this evening. Yes. And, and Iowa, Iowa White, White is the number from... three edge in the country. Right. Oh man. Okay. Let's go to, cornerback they're the favorite for denver harris the number three cornerback in the country and a five star do they have any other corners yes they have bobby taylor the son of the notre dame great bobby taylor the number nine groves killabrew as well where is he he's the number 13 overall corner um he's nationally um ranked 102 so almost a top 100 player High four-star from North Cobb, actually, here in Georgia. It's surprising to get a guy out of Georgia like that, a four-star out of Georgia, especially in a year where Georgia needs DBs. Surprising to see them sign uh, Gross Killebrew. Interesting. So they have cornerback covered, especially if they get um, 
Wow, I, I'm having trouble. Denver Harris. Safety. Let's see if they got any good safeties. Yes, they're in the they running did. for Jacoby Matthews, the number four safety. Yeah. They got Bryce Anderson, the number seven safety. Yeah. And Dion Bowie, the number eight safety. <laughs> yeah. They're fine. They're going to be just fine. Another one. Hey, Dion Bowie, another um, Bainbridge, Georgia. Went. That's that's where Kirby actually went to high school. Kirby Smart. Uh, again, mentioned again, in a year that Georgia needs DBs, um, they went and got a top 10 safety from Kirby's hometown. That. It's stuff like that that's making you wonder, like, like wh- what is what does this mean? Like, I'll just go ahead and ask this question: What does this mean for A and M? Like, the class is is ridiculous. What does it mean? Like, we talked about how it lowers their floor. To what extent? Like, it definitely raises their ceiling for sure. Like, like this makes anything possible right now. You wouldn't be surprised with a, with a class like this. They could have a special year potentially in in two to three years, and you wouldn't be shocked at all. A, like a right. really special year. And it, wouldn't, it shouldn't be shocking. It should not be shocking. No. But what does it mean though? Like, like, like next year. Like, like, what is it? What does it mean for recruiting coming up? Because right now, like, their their classes coming up. I mean, like, there's a lot to be de- to be determined still. So, like, we don't know. But like, in your opinion, what does this mean for them? Well, it's hard to say exactly. But as long as there's buy-in from these boosters, yeah. Like they will stack talent on top of talent because if you're a top 50 player in a country, right? No one's going to tell you or convince you that you need to be worried about the other players in the roster. Like you, you believe in yourself. You, you think you're going to come in and start from day one. Most of these guys believe that right. it's not necessarily reality and it's not true, right. but, and so like, I, I do think like they're going to have people transferring out, but I think as long as the buy-in remains from from their boosters and as long as Jimbo keeps recruiting as hard as he has been there's they're going to continue to bring in good classes so I don't know if those guys will stay but I I do think like I think we're going to see A&M continue to be a recruiting power going forward do you disagree with that at all no like like I would agree I think I think they're possibly tapping in to like like we talked about Texas A&M has unlimited money there Mm -hmm. they have unlimited money they'll outspend you and you're going to try to be getting into a spending war for these kids. And you're going to have a tough, like you're, that's going to be a team. I think A&M potentially put themselves in position to become what Clemson was, but maybe even like with more talent to become mm-hmm. just to, to, to certainly crack that top elite crust of college football, where it's, it's Georgia, Alabama, Ohio state. Um, like, like it's, it's those schools until proven otherwise. And like with, with a class, like, like what, with what a has this year, I think they put themselves in contention. Like they, they, they're trying to get in there. Like their, their goal is to crack that. Now they do have to win some games on the field. This class means nothing. If they go eight and four next year, it means absolutely nothing. If they go eight and four, that's a disappointment, but like it starts with this, it starts with this and hopefully, yeah, hopefully they are able to win a few more games. Like, and yeah, you got to you got to beat some of the teams that that, that are, are that you should beat that you're obviously now more talented than. And like I don't know, we, I think we just have to watch. I think A and M this 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 next year could be defining for A and M the way that 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 this year will also be defining for Clemson. Two schools that kind of feel like they're on opposite ends of the ends of the spectrum. Clemson feels like they're in a decline. Whereas AM feels like sky's the limit, like after this class. You know what I mean? Like like sure. it feels like, like we're we're gonna be watching how they perform on the field this next year, and that's going to kind of determine where they are in the pecking order. 
Like it's not going to be just a one-off like this, this year might actually define where they are for the next five, six years. Yeah. So right now A&M has signed 13 of the top 100 players um, and they have one more committed, several more expected to commit. Alabama also has signed 13 of the top 100 players with one more committed, possibly more coming. They have the number two class. It's, it feels like just another Alabama class. Like, like it, it's, I think it's actually number one in the country as far as average rating. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Their average recruit ranking is, or rating is 95.17, which is stupid. Like that's ridiculous. Good. Um, they also have the five-star quarterback. They have the number one running back in the country. Not quite to the level of their receiving class a year ago when they had like four of the top ten, but they, they have the number three receiver in the country. They have a few other four-stars. Like the Yeah, Alabama is – they just continue to do what they do. It, it's not as notable, I would say, as A&M just because it's nothing new. Right. Like this is just what Alabama does. Sure. Yeah. Agreed. I don't think we have to go into it too much more than just that. Like, yeah, this like I don't think you really have to get into the weeds on on what Alabama is just simply because it is expected. Kind of the same way with even with Georgia's class, mm-hmm. Alabama and Georgia are expected to be right there. Like, they're in line and, with where they have been. Yeah, like this is no surprise. Like that's where that's where they should be. That's where they've been the yeah. last five ever since Kirby's been there and Saban. Like Saban's been doing this for a decade or more. But like in in, in Kirby's time at 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 Georgia, it's that that's been par for the course. That's par for the course with these guys. I will say, look at like the positions that they got. The they have the number one edge in the nation. Yes, uh, with Jeremiah Alexander. That's that's just one name to note. That's it. I mean, just a huge position. We see what they're doing with Will, with Will Anderson there. Yeah, guys exactly. that can just get after the pass rusher. Like I think that's. I mean, get after the passer. Sorry, pass rushers <laughs> that can get after the passer. And yeah, then a five star quarterback because you know why not? Because we're Alabama and we can. So. Yes. Yeah, number one running back. I, I mean, yeah, skill. Again, I, it's incredible what he's done, and we take it for granted. So we're going to take it for granted here and move on. <laughs> yeah. So Georgia is right there as well. And they're kind of the same deal. Like they've, yeah, this is where they've is. always, this is where they've been now for what, four or five years. Yeah, um, that's right. It's, they're not going to have the number one class this year like they have had in the past, but it's, it's in that tier. Right. So I guess just fill us in. Like, were there any surprises today with Georgia, or what? How was Georgia's day? Georgia, for the most part, had. I heard. I heard. Actually, heard one guy say Georgia had most of their hay in the shed prior to yeah. today. Um, most everything was pretty much determined. A few surprises. There always is. Um, Kirby will always flip somebody. He always gets at least one late flip um, yeah. that he really wants and goes and gets. Uh, I think we saw that with Drops Marvin Jones. Yeah, he does. He hey, let's just hey, it is what it is at this point. Um, yeah, um, Marvin Jones Jr. Um, out of American Heritage, Georgia does terrific in South Florida. They've recruited that area really well. Um, I think a name that was surprising is Dalen Everett was the decommit yes. from, from Clemson two weeks ago. Another five star um, cornerback from IMG. Another that's another school that Kirby has recruited very very well. Um, so one of yeah. two five star corners in this class for Georgia, by the way. Correct. Jaheim Singletary, um, Jacksonville, Florida, um, was, was the other one. So yeah. Who was committed to Ohio state at one time. (laughs) He was committed until just recently, I think, wasn't he? So to go get a five-star corner from, from one from Clemson, one from Ohio state, that's especially sweet for me as, (laughs) as a, as a Georgia fan. And then to, to get Marvin Jones jr. Who was heavily a heavy lean, um, 
to uh, to Alabama and to 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 steal him away. And mm-hmm. at a, at a, at a, I mean, Edge Edge is a position of, of need for Georgia in this cycle, and and I think yeah, that that was big to get a five star. Georgia will end well currently. Sorry, we I won't say they will end this. But currently have the most five stars of anyone in the country. I think Texas A&M will probably have something to say about that before it's all said and done. But currently mm-hmm. they have five. No one else has more than four. So, right. um, yeah, I, typical typical um, Kirby class, I think. I mean, just a ton of really good D linemen, a ton of really good DBs. Mm-hmm. Hey, the, yeah, the, the rich will keep getting richer. I think that was that was um, that was made evident. Uh, here today, I will say that I don't know if this dovetail dovetails into like the Florida conversation much at all, but Florida was able to get Kamari Wilson, yes. um, which was a heavy, heavy Georgia lean, the five star safety, also out of IMG. Hmm. That was the first five star out of IMG that Florida has ever pulled, ever from wow. IMG, and that's in, I think IMG's been there like ten years now. That has Goodness. not happened, and they finally got one, and that's within the first two weeks of Billy Napier being there. So. Like that's impressive. Like I'm, you have to be really impressed with with the job that that they did there in pulling what was a really heavy Georgia lean sure. um, and Kamari Wilson away. Yes. Uh, two quick questions. Malachi Starks is the top top player in your class, listed as an athlete. Yeah. Do you know what position yeah. he's looking to play in college? Uh, um, corner or sec? Yeah, in the secondary. In I'm the not secondary. Sure if, yeah, I'm not sure if he's going to play cornerback or he will be probably the maybe possibly the free safety too, but. Um, yeah, currently just an athlete um, listed as the number one athlete in the nation, but um, almost sure. certainty in the secondary. Are, and then my second question, and my last one here with Georgia's class, are, are there any holes in the class that you're concerned about at all? Um, lack of offensive linemen. I think we, 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 there's almost no – Georgia is used to getting a, a couple of really top, top – Offensive lineman, five-star guys. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw it last year with, uh, yeah, even like Marius Mems, Broderick Jones, five-star. Like, there's a lot of five-stars that Georgia has on their roster. I think possibly the thought being is we're going to go a little heavier after the, the skill in this in this mm-hmm. class, skill position players, because I think Georgia possibly feels really good about where they are at offensive line and the guys they already have there. So, yeah, there there wasn't that, but that is possibly. I mean, that, that's that's an area for concern, you could say, because sure. you're expecting Georgia to go get a five-star offensive tackle or at least a high four-star offensive tackle. And we didn't see it. We did we did not see it in this class. Looks like you you have one low four-star and then several three-stars in your offensive line class. So, yeah. Okay. Um, so those are kind of the top three classes. Ohio State had a bit of a rough day. Um, they still are finishing with a great class, um, but – their top cornerback commit. Now, we, we just mentioned that Jaheim Singletary, their one-time five-star cornerback commit, flipped to Georgia. Yeah. Today, they lost another cornerback who was not quite a five-star, but a high four-star. Terrence Brooks flipped to Texas, who has a number five class. Um, so I know that was a bit of a concern for Ohio State fans. Still had a great class. Um, they were able to get uh, signed Devin Brown, the quarterback who was originally a USC commit. Um, I know that was a hole in their class since um, – I'm Quinn sorry. Ewers. Quinn Ewers. Quinn Ewers had reclassified to 2021 and then transferred. So, Right. So they were able to fill that hole. So, yeah, good good class for them. Texas is a big surprise to me. Like, they finished the number five class here. And I believe it's the highest-ranked class 
at least in five years from a losing team. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. like, are you surprised at all at the way Texas was able to bring in a really good class? I mean, I think they're, yeah, I think we already mentioned the correlation there. They're kind of doing what A&M's yeah. doing. Like, we have money, and we, we can do, like, we can pay for players and, like, watch us do it. Right. So, hey, I got no problem with it. Like, I think college football is more fun when, when Texas is good. Huge class for Sark, though, by the way. This, especially yeah. with, with getting uh, Quinn Ewers and then, and then this class, like, it makes last season kind of go away pretty quick. <laughs> like yeah. you, you had, you had last, like you had this past season, which, which ended for them. And it was a struggle. Like it was a struggle for Texas and you made it all kind of go away. And mm-hmm. I think, I think that, yeah, you made it you, exactly just that you made it all go away with this class and, and right away, a ton of momentum for you going into next year. Yeah. And it's not like huge on top 100 players or anything like that. They have one five star and then two more top 100 guys but just really good depth. Like yeah. when you have just, if you don't have the top tier, then you really want to stack, stack up the four-star guys. And that's one thing they definitely did a good job of. For sure. Which For is sure. actually similar to the next couple of teams we'll talk about is Penn State and Notre Dame. Um, Penn State, I don't know that they got a whole lot done today. Most of their kind of like you said with Georgia, like most of their class was already intact. Um, they have a five-star quarterback. They have a really good running back, mm-hmm. good receiver. Like, yeah, and and they've been high on this class for a while. It's interesting looking at Penn State, Notre Dame, Texas. I, I mentioned they're a clear second tier, like recruiting. Like the average ratings of these of the of the recruits for these teams: Texas ninety point three seven, Penn State ninety point eight seven, Notre Dame ninety one point five four. Next is North Carolina ninety one point seven. And then, and your A and M, Bama, Georgia, Ohio State; those are all ninety-two point eight and up. So yeah, it's a pretty right. clear drop off from the from the first tier there down, but still really good classes. Do any of these stand out to you when you're looking at the rest of the top ten? Um, so I, th- I a couple of schools that just kind of pop out is Oklahoma at ten. Oklahoma has the number ten class. I think that's a big keep for Venables. I know they lost a lot of guys. Like they, yeah, like they had a ton of decommits, right? As, yeah. soon as, as soon as Lincoln Riley left, but to keep a top 10 class, I think kind of sh- maybe shows you their floor a little bit, kind of shows you how good of a program Oklahoma is mm-hmm. and can be. And yeah, like you got out recruited by Texas, but like you also had a coaching change. And, and I think that you can, I think if you're Oklahoma, you can absolutely out recruit Texas going forward. And, and cause you, yeah, you maintained a top 10 class, even with, with coaching turnover. I think that's unbelievable. I think that's really good. North Carolina at eight. North Carolina is yeah. the number eight class. They have two five stars, by the way. Like, mm-hmm. kind of surprising. Like, they have the number eight class. They only have seventeen commits. They have seventeen yeah. commits, and they're yeah, they're at number eight, which is they have. I mean, like, yeah, you can't complain about that at all because, mm-hmm. like, Mac Brown really. I mean, that's the number one class in the ACC. We can talk about Clemson's demise here in a little bit when we talk about teams that have disappointed, but like, that's huge. Like, that's really big. You again, you're taking a step. You haven't unseated Clemson yet. Clemson's still the team to beat in the ACC, but you have taken a step as just like we're close. Like we, you, like North Carolina took a step today. They took a step to getting there, and Clemson took a step back. So you caught up. You caught up a little bit. Um, it has it has yet to be realized. Obviously, you have to beat them on the field to prove it. But it starts with today. You can't. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's an old saying. Probably most people have heard it, but you you can't win a, a national championship on signing day. But you can lose it 
you can yeah. absolutely lose it. And yeah, North Carolina did not lose it today. North Carolina did not sure. lose their chance to win the ACC. Um, they it is very much still an opportunity for them. Well, let's just go through the, the the Power Five conferences real quick. We don't have to focus on them a lot, but we'll we'll mention the ACC. And, and by the way, all of this like this some of this stuff will change because this is the first day of early signing period. There's still quite a few commitments that have to be made. Some mm-hmm. of this stuff will change. Sure. Um, but one of the big losers today, I think, was Clemson, who yes, has agreed. 13 total commits, only signed 12 of them. Now, they do have, you know, a great quarterback in the class, the number one quarterback, arguably, Cade Klubnik. Mm-hmm. But it's just it, – it was lacking a lot of depth. Like, there's just not a lot of depth there. Like, their average recruit ranking is 92. Like, that's, yeah. like, number five in the country. But, right. <laughs> but it's yeah. 13 commits. Like, how, how concerned right. would you be if you're Clemson? Do we want to talk about their coaching hires? Like, is now the time to talk about their coaching well, hires? Because it kind of sure. matters. It affects this. And, yeah, I mean, it's concerning. Like, they have, Clemson has the number 16 class in the nation. They are ranked behind, by the way, they're ranked behind Stanford, Missouri, Kentucky. Like, they're ranked behind those schools. Auburn, another one. And, like, you're Clemson. Like, you're Clemson. Like, remember, not long ago, you were trying to unseat Alabama for, the for like, the greatest program in the nation, right? Like, that was just mm-hmm. two, two or three years ago, right? And, like, that's an issue. And then, yeah, I don't know. There's been a lot of, like, people not really enjoying who Dabo hired as his coordinators. <laughs> um, he, he promoted from within, which is, I mean, like, if you trust your process, like, I understand it. I understand that. Yeah. But was that the right move when you can probably go get kind of whoever you want? It's not the flashy move for sure. It's not the flashy move. And to have a class that's then 16th, your 16th, coming off of a disappointing year, I mean, there's a reason for the fans to be nervous. There is absolutely a reason. Sure. and Yeah, so Brandon Streeter was their quarterback's coach, is now their offensive coordinator. On the other side, he um, – he named Wes Goodwin and Mickey Kahn, the co-DCs. Yeah. Um, Goodwin, I think, was linebackers and Kahn was safeties. So, like, yeah, like these are names that most people have not heard of. Right. Um, and Clemson, yeah. So this is huge, like, because if he's right, it'll be fine. Right. If yeah. he messed up here by not going outside and grabbing a, a known commodity, then, then this, I mean, <laughs> is it? Is it hyperbolic to say this could be the end of Clemson as we know it? Well, no. I mean, not really. And you get a ton of, like, hate for saying that, but it's not out of the realm of possibility, right? Like, it was a very disappointing year, right? You lost your coordinators that have been there for forever, right? Now you have a disappointing signing class, right? Like, this is this is the third big disappointment in a row. Like, yeah. this is – I mean, that's – at this point, it's a trend, you know? Like – you know, once or twice, that's, yeah, it's an, an, an anomaly. Like, we'll, we'll recover. We'll be fine. We're Clemson. At this point, it's a trend. You signed 13. You had you have 13 commits. And we already know that Clemson's not portal heavy, right? Clemson's not yeah. all over the portal. I mean, maybe they will be now, but they haven't been to this point. That's a, I mean, that's a loss of depth. Like, you're trying to play with the big boys. Like, Georgia and Alabama and, and A&M are going to sign 25 guys, probably 25, 26 guys. Yeah. Like, 13 is not going to cut it. That's half. That's half the class. And so... Like that's concerning. That, that is concerning. That's not where Clemson was when they were competing for titles. That's not where they were. Yeah. You mentioned, you know, you can't win a win a title on National Signing Day, but you can lose one. 
I'm not going to go that far with Clemson, but like you, this better be a blip. Like this better just be a blip. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So if we look at the ACC, uh, what, the only other notable thing to me is Florida State number three class and Miami the number ten class. Um, Miami, of course, have has a new head coach. Yeah. And and some of these schools that have new head coaches, like I do think they're going to sign some more guys come February when the official national signing day comes around. Um, so like Miami has eight commits right now. <laughs> right. And and that's going to be a theme as we go through these big name schools that have new head coaches. It, True. It's it's one I think unintended consequence of the early signing period is coaches getting fired earlier and that, and now like they have two weeks to come up with a recruiting class and it's just <laughs> really hard to do that. Sure. Right. Um, the big 12 Texas has the number one class in Oklahoma is number two. We go going through that. Nothing surprising there. Kansas sitting there on sitting there on six commits. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Like I, I know we actually both kind of liked their head coaching hire a year ago. Yeah. Uh, with Lance Leopold coming in. They have six three stars yeah 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 so moving on (laughs) (laughs) the big 10 now the big 10 was an interesting storyline today i don't know if you saw this at one point today the top seven recruiting classes in the big 10 were the seven big 10 east schools and the bottom seven classes in the big 10 were the (laughs) seven big 10 west schools iowa has since jumped rutgers and maryland yes they are now the six. lone West school in the top seven. Um, yeah. But <laughs> I, I know Bill Connolly was kind of reacting to this on Twitter and talking about like, they need pods, like they need pods. And, and he's been pushing that for years. And I, te- I tend to agree with him. Like right. if the divisions are this horrible, like there is a serious imbalance between the East and the West. We saw the Michigan, Iowa, like big 10 title game. That was not pretty. And, and no. we're going to continue to see more of that. Like in the future, if, if this is the way these schools are going to recruit. I think for me in like, yeah, again, completely agree with that. But like Michigan, I think Michigan surprised. I think Michigan was able to parlay a little bit of, yeah. I mean, they're, they parlayed a playoff berth into some momentum on the trail. Like, yeah. I think this, this was a, a big class for Michigan, Ohio state, Penn state. We kind of already knew they were there. Michigan is yeah, kind of joining them maybe a little bit. And then there's a, a large drop off after Michigan in the big 10. It goes, yeah. You know, Indiana, Michigan state, um, but I think you look at the very, very bottom, you scroll to the very, very bottom of the Big Ten, and you see Nebraska. Yeah. And there's Nebraska. That hurts. And you talk about teams that can do well with NIL money and all that. Nebraska should be one of those schools. They have a huge fan base. They yes. are it in Nebraska. There, it is, it, there is no reason for you to get out-recruited by Rutgers, by Purdue, by Minnesota. Illinois out recruited you, Northwestern out out recruited you, and that is that's a problem. Like we, do, you can defend defend Scott Frost and say you know he loses all these one score games. You cannot be dead last in the Big Ten in recruiting. It cannot happen. That's a problem. They have one player ranked in the top five hundred in the country. That that cannot happen in nebraska i i think it's pretty clearly like it's it's a result of like everyone thought scott frost was getting fired and recruits thought so i think so he's gone though right you can't you can't survive that the only the only thing the only way for him to not be gone a year from now i think is for them to really have a good season next year like and sign a good class next year like that's the only chance he has um so looking at the michigan class um I think part of the reason they're ranked so high is because they they have a pretty big class. 
Their average rating is 89.71, which is... It's good. It's solid. Um, I'm impressed by Indiana. They have the number <laughs> four class in the Big Ten. Five four stars. Like... <laughs> That's like unprecedented un- unprecedented territory for Indiana. I remember when they had fewer than five four-stars on the entire roster, much less in one class. Um, some of those big names, like you know these names. Um, Dason McCullough, who was the number 58 player in the country, who was committed to Ohio State one time. Travell Mullen, whose brother – he had a brother who played for Clemson at cornerback. Um, I'm, I'm getting the Mullen brothers mixed up. There's three of them. First one played for Clemson and is on the got drafted by the Raiders in the first round. Second one is still on Indiana. Was an All American, I believe, as a sophomore. And then now they have the third brother. So, okay. And then yeah, so some some good gets by Indiana. Nothing like Big Ten shifting or anything like that. But I think it's it's notable that Indiana is re- recruiting a, a lot better than they have been in the past. Yeah, they got a f- four star uh, defensive lineman from IMG. That's crazy. Yes. Yes. Pac-12, <laughs> this this one is interesting because we, we're talking about a few other schools that have have new coaches. Um, Stanford has somehow has the number one class in the Pac-12. Yeah, they do. Which is nothing impressive because <laughs> they have 21 commits, one-third of which are four-stars. Now, we, we know about the blue-chip ratio. Like You have to have at least half of your roster be four- and five-star recruits if you want to even compete for a national title. Oregon has the number two class um, with Dan Lanning as their new head coach, and that's with only 12 commits. So, like, I expect them to add a few more. But that says something about how bad the Pac-12 is recruiting, I think. I think so, yeah. Arizona also at three. Arizona at three and has – they have 20 commits. 17 are three stars. Sure. 17 of them are three stars. That's not phenomenal, but you're still at three. Yeah, I agree. UCLA, there is no way that UCLA – and USC should be UCLA is at five should not be at five. You have Chip Kelly there should not be Lincoln Riley. Like they finished 10th. They finished 10 it, out of 12 at USC. Over, I understand. I understand. You yeah. cannot do that. I expected more. I, I really did. I thought he would come in and have some like, where, where are the flips at? Like your Lincoln Riley to USC. I was assured you would be winning titles in year one. Um, you cannot do that by recruiting 10 out of 12. And, and it's, Terrible conference recruiting wise. It's, been, yeah. it's not a good class at all for the entire Pac-12, and you wonder why. Like, like, yeah, like we say that maybe football's not quite as taken taken as seriously out there. It's like because of reasons like this. Like, yeah, like yeah. There's a reason why we don't take it maybe as seriously as we should. Well, one of the one of the flips is coming. C.J. Williams, who was I think the number five receiver in the country, something like that, uh, decommitted from Notre Dame a couple days okay. ago, um, and I think he's a little bit. It sounds like sour grapes. We 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 actually like one of our other receivers that's coming a little better than him. Um, right. So I'm not I'm not trying to say he's like overrated or anything. He's very college. <laughs> he's very college ready. Maybe not as super high ceiling as what. Sure. Is. But C.J. Williams, modern day receiver. He it's kind of a foregone conclusion. He's going to USC. He's technically right. not committed yet. It's going to be USC or UCLA. So one of these classes will will improve. But you're right. Like USC right now has six players in their class. UCLA has 12. Right. Um, that's USC yeah. will probably be getting um the okay, hang on here. Demonte Jackson. Uh, yeah, Demonte Jackson, the um number 2 corner, five yeah. star 
Um, so like, yeah, the, uh, also from modern day there in, in, mm-hmm. in California. So like they probably will salvage it a little bit. Yeah. I did expect more. I expected more. They're, they're going to have a really good top end of their class with absolutely no depth. Yeah. It's eight. It's like going to be like eight or nine players. And that's been their issue for yeah. a decade now as they have really good talent at quarterback, receiver, corner. And and the lines are just not very good. They don't have great depth, and so like the next class for Lincoln Riley is going to be super important because he you needs to. You, yeah, you he needs to get talent on the lines. Go ahead. Sorry. You can't sign nine players and commit and, and compete for titles. You can't no. can't sign nine players and compete for titles, and that's what so, we're going to try to do. Yeah, that, there's another school with, that's struggling with a new head coach, um, and last in the Pac-12 is Washington, who also has a new head coach and six commits. So. The Pac-12 is just rough right now. Like, it's just rough. The best class in the Pac-12, Stanford, would be eighth in the SEC. Which is actually good for Stanford. That's not Yeah, bad. exactly. <laughs> they're actually, I think they're actually ahead of Clemson. So Yeah, they are. Like, that's yes. actually pretty impressive top 20 class for for stanford so if we look at the sec rankings really quick here a&m bama georgia kentucky mizzou the number yeah. five class in the sec tennessee auburn lsu arkansas mississippi state south carolina ole miss vanderbilt and florida so this the big name schools here with new head coaches are lsu that are at eight in the conference florida is at 14 last place in the sec i think the real big surprise here is you look at four, five, and six, which is Kentucky, Missouri, and Tennessee. Yeah. All SEC East schools, all with top 15 classes nationally, top 15 nationally. Mm-hmm. That is big for just balance. Like we talk about balance, yes. like between the SEC East and the SEC West. Those are three SEC East schools that have been kind of taking a backseat, certainly to the likes of Auburn, LSU, um, Ole Miss. And they didn't. Like they came out and got guys. They got yeah. – people i think those are those are the 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 winners um like uh, probably the ones that no one's really going to talk about but have put themselves into really nice positions um to have hey yeah successful years next year as far as the loser in the sec you look down at 12 and 14 those are the two losers it's old miss at 12 how old miss is at 12 right now is unbelievable you have lane kiffin there and you're you're playing in a, in a new year six bowl like i don't yeah. i don't understand this like you're top 10 nationally like ranking I don't, how are you recruiting 12th out of 14 in the SEC? Like you got out recruited by South Carolina and Mississippi State. I, like, I don't understand that. Florida makes a little bit more sense. I actually thought they did have a disappointing class. Like let's not sugarcoat it. They only signed 10 players. But like given the fact that you had a coaching change and you flipped a five-star safety from your backyard, you flipped them from Georgia, who has always come down there and got guys. You flipped them from Georgia to Florida that matters a five-star yeah. safety at florida from img that's crazy like like that is that's successful i view that as successful for florida that it was a successful signing day um even though it, the, the class overall is going to be a disappointment just because you had so much catching up to do um like yeah. after after mullen left like there was there was nobody there but yeah i think hey really good it's a good day today for florida but overall a very yeah. disappointing class they also signed shamar james today number seven linebacker in the country mm-hmm. um and that was another one like that was a bit up in the air like who who would who would get him one of the underrated ones i think and i know this just because i'm a notre dame fan devin moore who's been committed to notre dame for quite a while 
decommitted um, a couple days after Brian Kelly left for LSU. And it seemed, and he, it was on message boards for a while that he was wavering because mm-hmm. Alabama and Florida were both coming hard after him. He's a, he's from Naples, Florida. Um, and he's a pretty high academic kid. So like originally it was Stanford and Notre Dame that he was looking at. But then when, when Bama and Florida come calling hard, like especially Florida also underrated thing here. Sorry. Side note, Florida got Corey Raymond, LSU's cornerbacks coach. Um, and that's a big deal. Like, I think we're going to see, because LSU is DBU. They're known as DBU. Florida, like, that was a really good get for Billy Napier, pulling him away from LSU. And I think we're going to see some really good defensive back recruiting in Florida in coming years. Anyway, back to Devin Moore. This morning, Notre Dame had tried to get back in this. This morning he was announced, announcing between Notre Dame and Florida. Those were his two finalists. Chose Florida. Now, this is a guy who's – He's listed as the number 251 player in the country. That doesn't jump off the page to you at all. This was a guy who was severely underrated. Like this one, I think, hurt almost worse than C.J. Williams to us, who was a top 100 player um, and, and like one of the top 10 receivers in the country who, who Notre Dame lost. This one hurt almost worse because Devin Moore is a 6'3". Listed at safety is actually he, – he, he can play corner. Like this guy is fluid, long, and – yeah, like really good get by Billy Napier. I, I don't expect Billy Napier to necessarily recruit at a top three level, but I do think he's going to get lots of guys like this where he did his homework and he knows that th- this guy can play. Like I, I do think we're going to see a lot of that from Florida in the future. Yeah, this year's it's a little disappointing overall. Good top end of the class, though. And I think I think that, like you, you mentioned, Kamari Wilson, Shamar James. Yeah, like there, there are positive things here despite them having the worst class in the SEC so far. I think Billy Napier showed you what he is capable of, like what his potential is Um, to to go get those guys and to to take him kind of from Georgia, really, in a year where Georgia needs DBs is big. And I think that shows you at least where you could potentially end up. Sure. So the the second to last class in the SEC is Vanderbilt. Yeah. And nothing super – impressive i would say like all they have 24 commits every single one of which is a three star but i think the positive here is that's still 24 guys and, and vanderbilt is is the dregs of the sec yeah but it feels like at at the very least they're they're turning themselves into something halfway stable like it might be stable at four wins a year <laughs> I think you're full of crap. You're just trying okay. to prop up Clark Lee, I'm pretty sure, because yeah. like yeah, because of the old Notre Dame connection. You know, I'm I'm not a big Clark Lee guy. Like I don't sure. believe in him. Um 24 commits. I mean, hey, you finished better than Florida. Like Well, I mean, my thing here is no, it's whatever. nothing impressive at the top end, but I, like no. like we've been talking about a lot of classes that are that are short on numbers. Yeah. And they are not short on numbers. Valid. I mean, but I think I think a lot of schools go out and get 24 three stars, You're especially right. when you play in like in the SEC, you play in the SEC. I guess maybe my point is Vanderbilt did not take a step to catch up to anybody. Like, <laughs> like they didn't catch up to anybody today and there are ways behind everyone. So yeah, I mean, I said Clark Lee would possibly maybe should be gone after only one year there. You're, uh, yeah, I mean, you're heavily on the Clark Lee uh, bandwagon and believe that he should stay there forever and should be the, the Vanderbilt lifer. But like, 
Ah, uh, I. Yeah. Okay. I like. I'm not disappointed with it because it's Vanderbilt, and I didn't expect much. Like, I guess you you caught up to Florida. I guess that's the one thing you can't you could say is that they like, have a hey, top forty I, class in the country. Vanderbilt. That's Vanderbilt. <laughs> <laughs> well, they probably did last year too. What did they have last year? Let me look. Last year they had forty nine. They had forty nine yeah. last year. Next year they have a possibility. Right now they're at thirty eight. Next year, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I'm not saying any grants. Like I don't expect them to come out of the basement of the SEC anytime soon. But I do think that I think I think there are they're going to actually compete in some SEC games the next couple of years. Like I think they're going to beat they're going to beat South Carolina one of the next two times. Who is the program that they unseat in in the SEC? Like who's the closest? Vanderbilt's the the bottom, right? For the Vanderbilt's the bottom. Yeah. But like, what's the closest program? Like, who are they gunning for? Like, who do who can they take out? Like, suppose Vanderbilt wants to go from fourteen up to thirteen in the pecking order in the SEC. Who are they? Who are they going for? Who's number thirteen? Who can they get? South Carolina. But no, that's not right because South Carolina just had like Rattler committed to them. They had. I yep. mean, this has been an incredible year for South Carolina. Shane I'm not Beamer looks that like they the would truth. do it. But I'm telling you, like, if 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 it happens at all, like that's the way it happens. Like if South Carolina just implodes, like they often do, and Vanderbilt just becomes stable enough to jump them. I'm not mm-hmm. predicting it at all, but I've, better, I better better chance they get Mississippi State. I think better that chance might be true. they get Mississippi State or even Ole Miss because Ole Miss did not look good today. Kiffin was upset about their lack of like a good recruiting. So, like I yeah. th- I think for sure they are more likely to get someone else i think south carolina is on the uptick i think south carolina like well, i don't be. think we talk about how 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 big of a year this was they went six and six they're bowl eligible you're south carolina and then you go you like spencer rattler 10 months ago was the odds on heisman favorite he was supposed to be the best player in all of college football and you got him like you got him and he he's like he still has talent south carolina hasn't had a quarterback drafted since 1991. <laughs> he and you were not alive then so like like yeah like he's gonna get drafted like he's gonna get drafted somewhere and like you broke that streak and finally you have some quarterback play worth talking about at South Carolina like I I like what he's doing there I really like what Shane Beamer's doing there and I think in the SEC footprint overall Vanderbilt is still clearly at the bottom but South Carolina is not South Carolina is not there not down there with him anymore South Carolina is good so do you have any major takeaways from from these schools that have new head coaches or schools that lost like a coordinator to another head coaching job or something like, cause it does seem like a lot of the schools that lost their head coach have a new head coach. It's, have bad classes. It's yeah. a bit rough. Right. Also, so, like if you want to look at, okay, so we talked some about Clemson disappointing. Yeah. And we know they lost Brent Venables. Yeah. They have the number sixteen class right now. If you go down through the through the top ten, Texas A and M is the number one class. Yeah, their defensive coordinator left. Mike Elko left for the Duke job. Right. George is number three. Dan Lanning, their defensive coordinator, left for Oregon. Ohio State is number four. They fired their defensive coordinator. Right. Uh, Penn State lost their defensive coordinator to Virginia Tech. They have the number six class. Yeah. Notre Dame lost their head coach. Yeah. They have the number seven class. Uh, Oklahoma's number 10, despite losing their head coach and defensive coordinator. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, how, how is it that Clemson, I guess it hurt them more than some of these other schools? Like, you're, you're trying to, like, figure out why they're so low? 
Yeah, like yeah, because because some of these other schools were able to overcome losing a coordinator. Right. And is they, it just because Venables was so important to Clemson? Well, if he is, I mean, what does that what does that say about you though? Like, if he is that important to him and he's gone now, like, like so, like yeah, he's he's gone and like he's not coming back. I mean, no time soon. Like, dude, I don't. I know, I know this could be like infamous because they, they could make it every, everything could be okay. If they win, if they go 12 and 0 next year and this crush everyone, like yeah. the recruiting class doesn't even matter. This year doesn't even matter. Cause they'll be fine. Cause they'll be recruiting great again then. Yeah. But yeah. I think that if they lose a couple games early next year, this thing snowballs on them. I think they struggle to recruit. Suddenly there's some doubt. Suddenly these hires don't look good. I think the, the first couple of games for Clemson next year are huge for for just the, the feel of how the program's headed like like where's our direction because right now it's been we've talked about it it's been a number of losses in a row for these guys where you had a disappointing season you you were disappointed again when 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 your when your uh your coordinators left and you had a disappointing recruiting class like that's just that's that's not where clemson wants to be and like i, I think it's probably a little bit more serious than what clemson fans want to think that it is i think this is an issue it's 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 becoming a trend yeah Okay, well, that was a lot. Um, today was pretty crazy. Any final thoughts, I guess, on National Signing Day or any other topics you want to talk about related, I guess, to National Signing Day or, or recruiting? Uh, I mean, no, I, I think that's that's pretty well it for for me. I think, sure. yeah, I think A&M, A&M and Jackson State. Jackson State, I don't, the, the more I think about it, it it's, feels just kind of fluky like yeah like like does it so they so they get five stars so what it's like it's almost like the five stars that go there don't even play the same sport that you're playing like because they don't really like they're playing it's like like they don't even get to play you you know what i mean like it's not even the same thing so like i don't know like anyone know jackson state's schedule next year (laughs) can we look that (laughs) up like who do they play I want to. I also want to see Clemson's schedule next year. Is it too early to preview next year? That's 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 not good. It, we'll get there for sure. Clemson plays Notre Dame next year. Do they really? Yes, they do. Jackson State in twenty twenty two. They only have one game announced. Alcorn State? No, no. I'm right. saying Tennessee State. Okay. So, I guess they're. I'm guessing FCS schools have a little harder time scheduling years in advance like we're used to right um, hey maybe they'll go maybe the goal is to go schedule some like some studs who knows some yeah they league. might they might play see how many fbs teams they can play right who knows yes oh um yeah i for my notre dame guys out there i guess i'll just talk about our class real quick um notre dame signed the number seven class which was their highest ranked class since 2013 um and that was despite not really having any of the coin flips go their way the last few days um good class the biggest hole i would say is receiver they lost cj williams i mentioned that most likely going to usc and they also today this morning um one of the one of their other receiver commits amorian walker flipped to michigan apparently he's been telling both staffs that he's going there for the last month <laughs> so that one got a few people a little up in arms um <laughs> So Notre Dame only has one receiver signee. Um, to, it's a really good one, Tobias Merriweather, um, one of the best receivers on the West Coast, tall and fast, that whole deal. 
Um, but that's been it's been a huge issue for Notre Dame. That I would say the last three four years, their biggest deal when competing with the big boys is it's quarterback, receiver, and corner. Those are kind of the three positions where where there's still a gap between Notre Dame and the top level. And in this class, they signed a mid to low four star quarterback. They signed one receiver who's really good, and they signed a solid cornerback class, but I mentioned they lost Devin Moore, who was expected to be probably the top cornerback in the class. So they strengthened their strengths. Like they have the best linebacker class in the country, four linebackers who were all um, all Americans and four of the 16 finalists for the high school Butkus award. Um, so that's a pretty big deal. They, they have five offensive line signees who, who are all go- playing in all American games. Um, so like they have, really good class at, at some positions, two, two really good tight ends, um, a good, a really good running back, um, some really good defensive linemen, but there's a few holes I would say, or even if not holes, it's just not quite as deep as, as we would have liked at a few key positions. So positive class for Notre Dame, like I said, they're, they're top class in nine years, which is obviously a good thing and, and speaks about the Marcus Freeman effect. But then, like, we, there's a few areas of, of growth that they need to actually compete um, with those top top schools. And I'm, I'm interested to see what Marcus Freeman can do with a full class where he's the head coach. So I think it was a good step, but they need to take one more step next year. So something to keep an eye on over the next calendar year for Notre Dame. Like, is this still a team that's going to, to be the number 8 to 10 ranked team in the country as far as talent or they're going to be able to get up into that top five. So, quick yeah. side note. So, quick side note, which is something you always do right now. You just check Twitter before the pod's over. Yes. Um, <laughs> but um, Eli Ricks has committed to Alabama. Are you serious? Unbelievable. Yes, yeah, just happened. So, that is crazy. So, for those who don't know, he Eli Ricks was at LSU. Was an All American as a freshman. Was a sophomore this past year. Hurt for a lot of the year. And the rich get richer. Eli Ricks to Alabama. Wow. Okay. Any final thoughts before we wrap this up? Not really. I will say to our Clemson, like to the Clemson kind of um, jaunt that we were on there, first six weeks of next year, first, yeah, for I would say probably the first month and a half of next year is huge. Absolutely huge for them that's going to define like that's going to define the feel of the program like mm-hmm. the right now right now the feel of the program they they had some incredible ups and now they've had some downs right and now it feels like they're pretty much back to like net zero like they're at zero like we're not really sure where we're not sure like they were so far up that you can't just say that they're in the basement now because they're not like they're they can still be in a good place but they're at zero like we don't know if they're if they're good or not so mm-hmm. We're going to wait for the first while of, yeah, probably the first half of next season will define kind of how their fans feel about them. They want some blowouts, by the way. Clemson needs some blowouts because you did not get any this year <laughs> um, just because the offense wasn't capable. So I think that's, yeah, something and something we can look forward probably in preview pods uh, going forward for next year. But um, yeah, Clemson can be fine. Like it's not, yeah. I do trust Dabo. Like there, I do have some trust that he can do this again, but it does feel like he's starting from scratch. And by the way, just a quick look at their schedule next year. The conf- most of the conference games don't have a set date yet, but yeah, 
Right. They're, they're non-con games, of course, are South Carolina, who they will kill, Furman, Louisiana Tech, and then Notre Dame. So, And that's actually at Notre Dame. And then, like, in conference, you know, <laughs> you have Miami, NC State, Boston yeah. College. Like, yeah. But it's it feels like – like, I expect Clemson to win the ACC next year, personally. So, to me, it feels like the – the success of their season comes down to two questions. Can they can they reclaim the ACC? And then can they beat Notre Dame at Notre Dame? <laughs> can Which, they beat South Carolina? Yes, they will beat South Carolina because – I will bet you South on that. I think South Carolina is – okay, who has gonna, who's going to have the edge at quarterback? Tell me. We don't know. We don't know that. No, no, you cannot sit there and tell me that you think DJ is definitely better than anybody right now. And like Spencer Rattler, like he he for sure is equal to DJ for sure. He has the potential to be even better. Just based on this year, I would definitely agree. I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you want to make a show bet right now? Who wins that game next year? Ten bucks. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Sure. I got ten bucks on Clemson. You got ten. In South Carolina. South Carolina. Let's outright. go, Cox. Yeah. All right. Okay. There you have it, folks. Easy, easiest 10 bucks I'll ever make in my life. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I will say this. I make a ton of money betting against Clemson. Made a lot this year. We'll make a lot next year. Um, no, I actually think Clemson can rebound. I think South Carolina is just good. Like, I'm not betting against Clemson as much as I am betting on South Carolina. Like, I'm, gotcha. a, I'm a believer in Beamer and what he's doing there. Do you have a way too early pick on the Clemson at Notre Dame game? Um, No. I have no desire to get into that at all. All right. <laughs> None. I'll find some other people to get into that with me. Okay. I'm sure they're out there. Yes. Okay. <laughs> On that note, uh, let's wrap it up here. Um, yeah. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a great week, and God bless. <laughs>